Luke Skywalker felt it. Ben Kenobi knew it. And Darth Vader feared it. It is the one power that lives within us all. Remember, the Force will be with you. Always. The Force is with you. The Force is back. Star Wars is back. Star Wars. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Hello, Star Wars fans and move milkers everywhere, and welcome to the second episode of Blast Points, where we know the only thing more fun than watching Star Wars is talking Star Wars. I'm your host, Jason Gibner. Here's my co-host, Mr. Gabe Bott. Hey, it's Gabe. Hey, okay, so, um, Gabe, uh, this is the second episode. Can you believe it? This is getting out of hand. Now there are two of them. No. I can't either. It's too exciting. So we actually had two reviews on iTunes, which is awesome. Uh, The one review was from our friend Richie, and he titled the subject of the review was Good Stuff, uh, an insightful, funny, and candid discussion on Star Wars. Thank you, Richie. Thank you, Richie. And then we had another review from uh, Liz Beftrom who said, Star Wars does need Goofy. Fun and informative. Well done, gentlemen. Looking forward to good things in the future. Fantastic. So, um, I'm sure we'll probably let you down, this Beth Trom. We'll we'll count the stars next week. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of counting, uh, we're 332 days until Rogue One and 493 days till Episode Eight. Wow. I know. That's going to be a crazy six months between those two. <clears throat> it's going to be nightmarish. No, Nobody's going to sleep. No. Everybody is going to, if you do sleep, you'll sleep upside down. <laughs> right, so I think we should get down to the first order of business, which is, I think, definitely the, uh, the Rebels trailer. Yeah, I wasn't expecting that. And I even saw the, I think Dave Filoni had a tweet or something the day before. He was like, just letting people know there might be spoilers in the trailer. But I wasn't expecting all that. Yeah, I like that his Dave Filoni's thing was basically like, get ready. We're going to freak you out. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah, so- actually, I was actually at lunch when it came out. And I wasn't going to watch it until I got back to the office. And then I just watched it on my phone because I couldn't wait. There's too much. It's, it's, too much. all right, let's, so let's, let's listen to it again right now really quick. Let's just listen to the whole trailer to, to get you back into the mood of Friday afternoon when it blew your mind. To defeat your enemy, you have to understand them. Always a bit of truth in legends. The Empire's making our travels around the Outer Rim tougher all the time. Everywhere we go, we run into those guys. If this 
keeps up, we'll never be able to help the rebels establish a base. Senator Organa heard about our losses. He's sending us reinforcements. Sham Sindona, at your service. Get down! You're a princess. You don't have to risk your life doing this. I feel like because I can fight, I have to, for those who cannot. And I think you might be the same way. Jedi are growing in their power. It will be their undoing. My gut tells me this is a trap. Is it wrong for me to fight? For me to protect my friends? How did I choose to win? The question is. Growing your abilities are, and with them, danger. He's amazing. You should have seen him in person. He was my master. The dark side, it pulls at him. It calls to him. Call me Old Master. You win by surviving. Hang on! I hate it when she says that. Ezra, don't! Ahsoka, why did you leave? Do you know? Okay, so there it is again. Um, there's seriously, there's so much going on in that trailer. Yeah, I mean, wh- well, it's like three and a half minutes. <laughs> it's yeah, it's a big j- trailer. J- just when you think it's done blowing your mind, it just keeps right on going. Now, where, where, like, where would you, where do you even, where do we even start talking about it? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I guess we can start with the big, the big stuff. Maul's back. Maul's back. And is Maul the old master, or is old master something else? Now, yeah, we're we're cutting right to it. We're getting right to the business here. You you had a really interesting theory about all of that. Yeah, it almost seems like if they're really going to try to tie Rebels in with Force Awakens, that... Maybe the old master isn't just referring to uh, Maul, like the trailer says. Maybe the old master is something more uh, with Snoke. You know, maybe Snoke's the old master. Maybe there's a gar- uh, dark side spirit or ghost that, um, because it's the dark side, it can't just be a ghost like the light side guys. But maybe it can take over dead bodies or something. So 
maybe that's how Maul came back to life. Maybe it's not really Maul at all. Um, maybe he's being uh, controlled or possessed by this old master that uh, can take over bodies and, and Snoke kind of looks like a zombie or some sort of corpse as well. Um, maybe even Anakin's corpse, since uh, people seem to be thinking that, since the scars are similar. But um, that was one thing that really jumped out to me with the whole old master thing in Maul. Well, and it, and you, you compared it to something really interesting. I thought was that something that I hadn't thought of. You, you, the first thing you said it was maybe like the smoke monster from Lost, and then you think, well, smoke and Snoke, yeah, and JJ, and JJ, and it's kind of like, well, and if yeah, if they do really want to tie it into Force Awakens and. You know, the First Order rising out of the dark side and in Aftermath, them talking about how Palpatine sent out people to the far outsides of the galaxy to find the roots of the Sith. And what if they did find some ghostly or even a holocron that contained the spirits of the Sith, maybe like an original Sith? Before Darth Bane or anybody else. Or even before they were Sith. It's just, it's pure dark side. Very much like Luke going to the first Jedi Temple. Right. Um, they found the well, roots. I was just going to say real quick, too, they even started to do that a little bit in the, was in the Lando comic, right? With the Sith artifacts that yep. were kind of possessing and corrupting people. Which is the first thing I thought of in Force Awakens. If Kylo is talking to the helmet and he says, "Show me again, grandfather," like what if he, what if Kylo Ren is able to touch Vader's helmet and be able to see um, some Darth Vader's dirty deeds? <laughs> yeah. You know, so. Um, well, and it, it it begs the idea too that. Uh, the, the whole question of the Inquisitors. Who are they and where did they come from? Right. Right. And well, and I thought your idea, I mean, maybe we'll find out that that possibly Maul is the one that's been training them. Makes a lot of sense. And then with the Knights of Ren kind of looking like maybe they came from the Inquisitors, that even ties in more that maybe there's something with Snoke or the Old Master or whatever this is that goes back to the Inquisitors as well. And right. also the, the Master Inquisitor guy, whatever, being so... He'd rather die than, uh, what did he say, there's worse things than death. Right, and everyone assumed he was talking about Vader. Which, maybe he was talking about something else besides Vader that yeah. the Grand Inquisitor knew about. Yeah, and it, se- it sure seems like, so it looks like in this Rebels Season 2, the second half of Season 2, that they, they're spending a lot of time with the Sith. And it looks like they're going to a Sith temple. Um, Ezra's like manhandling a Sith holocron. Yep. Um, and I have to wonder if he's doing all this because of the death of his parents. And maybe Ezra, maybe he's losing faith in the Jedi or yeah. Jedi teaching with, uh, with, with Kanan. Well, and he's, he did that. I mean, didn't. That was like the first episode, I think, where he started to really do the Force stuff, wasn't it? Where he kind of tied into the dark side a little bit with the 
those weird wolf creature monster things. Oh right, right. Yeah, that was yeah, that was the the last episode of the first half of the season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of been there all along that he's he could go either way. Um. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I mean, definitely they're going deep into Sith mythology here, which should be pretty fascinating. Uh, Ezra finding the uh, the three bladed saber. Very much like Kylo's, but with a green blade. What's up with that? There's space squid whale. Space thing. space squid whales. Oh. Um, Vader coming down, standing on top of a Tie Fighter like a maniac. Oh. Hologram, young Anakin. Yeah, which was awesome. Which was awesome. Yeah. And well, and then just his voice talking to Ahsoka. It's going to be some. Heavy stuff. When the when two of them, it, like, and what the hell's going on? What the heck is going on with the? Uh, <laughs> yeah, there you go. With the Jedi Temple guards. With the wait, what? The 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 Jedi oh, temp- the, the, the temple, temple guardians. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, because you know what? I totally forgot that they were in Clone Wars too. At the end. Yeah, totally. They were in a couple of the episodes. Yeah, they made an action figure. They made action figures for those dudes. Right. So. I wouldn't think they're at the Sith Temple, but maybe they are. It, maybe that's more of the mystery of season two. I couldn't help thinking, though, too, that some of that, like I was, like the second, third, fourth, fifth time I watched that trailer, I was wondering how much is what we're seeing, like, like quote real, like happening to the characters, or is it like they're in this Sith Temple? And they're, like, experiencing some sort of visions. Oh, right. Like the Mortis stuff, right? Right. In the past, right? Because it could be. It could all just be in uh, Ezra's head. Yeah, I was wondering if, like, the uh, the Temple Guard Dojo, if that's, like, in Kanan's head. Or even all, if all that stuff with... Because um, definitely that Vader sneaking up behind Ahsoka and talking in Matt Lanter voice... Anakin, that that's probably like she's having a vision there. Yeah. Well, and Vader riding on the Tie Fighter. Is, let's let's hope that's real. Let's hope that's real. Yeah. As much as we want that to be real, that's probably in the flashbacks or the Force Force visions. It better be real. <laughs> I mean, let's also hope Ezra riding a space whale is completely real. Yeah, I think that's real. At least, at least we have that. Yeah, so, so some people were saying when they, you hear that deep voice and they're like, "The dark side it pulls at him, it calls to him." Yeah. Some people were saying right away that that's Snoke, but it's then if you watch the trailer, it sure sounds. There seems like it's maybe the the Temple Guards. Yeah, I got the feeling it was a Temple Guard. I think too at this point they're with Rebels. They're making such an effort to have Frank Oz do Yoda and James Earl Jones do Darth Vader. That if they were going to have Snoke, they'd have Andy Serkis do it. Right. Call him up on the phone. Yeah. Um. So Yoda. Oh. So so here's my my theory with Yoda now is I think any character that was in Clone Wars when they redo them in Rebels. They have to make him look a little weird. 
<laughs> because yeah. everyone who's been on, except for maybe Rex, who's been on Rebels and now, or been on Clone Wars and now on Rebels, it's like they come back and they're a little weird. Well, it's like the first episode, like we had Obi Wan, and it was like, oh, okay, yeah, that you know, Obi Wan is Obi Wan. He's kind of hard to screw up. And Rex, it's like, yeah, okay, all right, but like this Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I see where they're going with. They're trying to do, you know, it's, it's the Ralph McQuarrie, like, skinny cocaine Yoda, but, yeah, you know, he's dead. <laughs> he looks good for dead. I read that D- Dave Filoni was saying that they were kind of basing it off the um, the old Kenner action figure. And, oh, I can see that. And they were really close to giving him an orange snake. Yeah, they should have given him the snake. Oh, they should have given him an orange snake. Um, and also, he was saying that it's not like Ezra's really at Dagobah with Yoda. And part of it is what, what Ezra thinks Yoda looks like. That's true. Which is kind of... He's, bu- only, he's, he's only seen the Yoda puppet commercial, so... <laughs> that's, that's his best approximation of what he looks like. He's only seen the Kenner action figure. Yeah. He's like, man, where's your, where's your orange snake? Yeah. Um... Uh-huh. Princess Leia's back. Princess Leia's back. Like, right away, coming out the gate on Wednesday night, Leia's back. Mm-hmm. Looks and sounds fantastic. It's about time. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. You think they'll get? They'll have Luke at some point? See, that would... I, oh. Or is that get too... I, I don't see them having Luke actually doing anything. But they could... You know, would they end up on Tatooine and he's just in the background? Well, you got to think the deleted the deleted scenes aren't canon, but like Luke knows full well what the Rebel Alliance is in A New Hope. So, I mean, you'd have to think that at some time the Ghost Crew is gonna have to go to Tatooine for some God know who some reason. And I can't imagine them running into Obi-Wan because I feel like Obi-Wan would try and stay as hidden as possible. Yeah. But would it be too much of a coincidence? Because Leia makes sense. Leia just makes sense. She's Bail Organa's daughter. Bail Organa is like the secret head of the growing Rebel Alliance. But Luke would be pushing it. Yeah. I could see them getting bigs, though. Yeah, Big should be in it. Especially if it turns out that uh, he's the guy in Rogue One. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I I mean, and I hope that season three of Rebels, there's a lot of Rogue One setting up, I would, you'd think. Yeah. Yeah, and they they confirmed season three, didn't they? Yeah. I think, right? Yeah. And hopefully they have a bootleg wedge in there. Yeah, they can at least bring him back for Rebels. That's impossible, even for a computer. With that awesome, awesome haircut. Um, so yeah, Wednesday night, it starts again, and I think it's pretty rapid fire. Like, I think every single Wednesday is going to be a new Rebels for a while. Yeah, it'll be nice to get back into the routine with that. It's been a long break. I know, just when, just when you're getting back to normal patterns of thought after Force Awakens. Yeah. Rebels yeah. suddenly comes back to karate chop you in the neck. Yeah, shakes your shakes your face around. <laughs> Throws water in your face. Yeah. Throws a... Spit, spits all over your desk. 
<laughs> that cream, <laughs> cream pie. Um, yeah. Okay, so so moving on. Uh, there's a little there's been a little bit of Rogue One news. So I like that with Rogue One. Last week, like early in the week, TMZ put out pictures of an X-wing. Did you see this? I did. Yeah. They look good. <laughs> they look good. But I like that. Like nobody cared. Yeah, that's because you couldn't see the X-wing's underpants. <laughs> <laughs> or the X-Wing was wearing underpants. If it was crotchless, it would have been on the front page. But I, I feel like we're so spoiled with Star Wars right now that, like, oh, yeah. Yeah. It looks like a sweet X-Wing. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Looking good. Yeah, it looks, looks pretty dope to me. Call me yeah. up when you got something new, all right? <laughs> well, that's where that, that MTV article today, or today or yesterday, kind of got me pumped up with... Uh, them kind of like throwing the gauntlet down where it's like, oh, Force Awakens had, you know, some cool creatures, but they didn't really interact with people and talking up how their, their, their creatures are going to be way more interactive because they're part of the main plot kind of a thing. So yeah, let's, I'm, I'm ready for creature chit chat. And I hope, and I, I do hope that they're like, maybe like a, a Rodian here and there, a Bith or something. A Reese yeah. dude or something, yeah. a googly eyes, one of you know. <laughs> I I would be happy with it and a man a man flying a ship. Oh just little things. <laughs> just the just <laughs> the secret <laughs> touches. <laughs> Please, a Nikto. Oh. On a skateboard going by with sunglasses on. <laughs> just in the background. Just in the background. Just, just for the one eight hundred true fan callers. Yeah, it doesn't have to you know distract from anything. But no, no, it doesn't. <laughs> not the not. It doesn't even have to talk to the main characters. Just going yeah. by in the background, a Nikto with sunglasses on a skateboard. Just float by. Just maybe yeah. wink. Yeah. <laughs> <A> wink. <laughs> yeah. Just wink at the camera from far away. Yeah, just a little bit. So the dude um, that built the original Vader suit. Whose name I'm completely blanking on. Um, did you read this? That he's back and he yeah. built an exact replica of the New Hope Vader suit. He probably did. He carve it out of wood. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> and paint it with a brush so it looks just like the New Hope one. I hope so. Yeah, I'm. I'm looking forward to that. The rough. The rough phase of Vader's life. And uh, pretty much everybody's saying that James L. Jones is back, which kind of goes, if he can do Rebels, he can do Rogue One. Yeah. No, I, I think, yeah, it's like, why, why go back to that time frame and not have Vader when everybody wants to see Vader? No, but, it, but it, it, it's an interesting thing to bring up because, like, if you really look at A New Hope Vader, it's awesome but like compared to the Empire and Jedi Vader suit, it can yeah. it can be a little funky. Except I've told you my my whole theory on that that I think it makes perfect sense. Where it's like he turns into Vader after Sith. He thinks Padme's dead. He's sad. He realizes he's evil and can't do anything about it. So he just kind of gives in to the evil. And basically, the next twenty years, he's not brushing his teeth. He's not taking showers. Mm-mm. He's just kind of falling apart, and his suit looks like it. And then once he realizes that Luke's his son, he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna take Luke out to Chuck E. Cheese, so <laughs> I'm gonna buff up my suit, you know, wash the wash my cape, 
Um, and then in Empire, he looks great. Yeah, he looks. He's a the Empire is like prime Vader suit. But yeah, I think that's going to be some of the fun of Rogue One is seeing how much they stay true to what how goofy stuff was in New Hope. Yeah, and how you know try to update it. It's going to be real. Yeah, it's going to be really. There'll be a lot to pay attention to. Um, so episode eight, not a whole lot happening with episode eight, but a couple things that I thought were interesting. Um, Boyega coming out and saying that the script was uh, darker and more physical. Yeah. Okay. All right. Which made me immediately think, I like, I wonder if, well, if Ray is off with Luke doing who knows what, if Finn, I wonder, a la The Empire Strikes Back, will be having his own little adventure, maybe with Poe, maybe, and if Phasma is hunting Finn, like if Finn is now like enemy number one to the First Order, especially to Phasma. Right. Well, and maybe only to Phasma. Who knows after the Starkiller blowing up how, what the First Order is. That what their first order of business will be. Yeah, if or then even factors in. I mean, maybe Phasma has to go off on her own because, you know, they want her to do something else, but she's got to get get that Finn guy. Yeah, the the um, made her blow up, uh, drop the shields for Starkiller base. Yeah, which I don't know. That could be really interesting. Um, I'm also curious if if uh, R two is going to be with Luke. And Ray, if we'll get any 3PO BB-8 team-up action. I was really wondering about that the other day. Because I was like, okay, so Ray climbs the Jedi steps. Eventually, Luke's going to take the saber. The, the two of them are going to start talking. But like Chewie and R2 are just down at the bottom of the steps. And eventually, they're going to be like, so can we split? Like, how long are you guys staying here? Yeah, right. And, like, does Luke have a ship there somewhere, I wonder? Yeah. You know, I hadn't even thought about that, how he got there. Somebody, Maybe his X-Wing's there. Yeah. Somebody drop him off, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Maybe whoever dropped Ray off dropped Luke off, too. Yeah. Um, okay, so one more thing with episode eight. I thought this was interesting, and I hadn't heard this before. So Ryan Johnson, a while back, made a lot of the crew, a lot of the design team, the cinematographer, whatnot, made them watch two movies to kind of give them the feel for where episode eight is going to go. Uh, One of them was a 1959 Russian film called Letter Never Sent that um, I think it's a Criterion put it out. And I think if you have Hulu, I think it's streaming on there. But that movie is really interesting because it's very, very, it's black and white. It's Russian. It's very bleak. It's very minimal. It's about a forest fire that traps a geological team on a remote part of Siberia. And they're like on a mission to find diamonds. And they're kind of stuck in this kind of vast, bleak, nothingness of Siberia and it's very it looks very like Kurosawa kind of very minimal black and white you get the drift and then the other movie is the 1949 uh, World War II classic uh, 12 o'clock high with Gregory Peck which is a lot of dogfights and very gung-ho 
you know, rah, 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 World War II, Gregory Peck kind of stuff, which is awesome. But those two movies kind of, as he's telling the, the, the production crew was the main, his inspirations for eight. That's pretty, I don't know. That's interesting. Like what's in his mind, what he's got planned. Yeah. I hadn't heard that. That's really interesting. Um, you got to wonder if there's going to be, I mean, obviously there's going to be more battles. The first order is going to be raging back pretty hard against the resistance. The Republic is gone. Um, and then I wonder that some of the bleakness, some of the isolation, I mean, your first thought would naturally go to Luke and Ray training. I don't know. Yeah. Well, unless it's Kylo training too. Oh yeah. You know? Who knows what that's going to be like? Yeah, never really seen just full-on dark side training. No, no, we haven't. Yeah, I didn't think of that. That's really interesting, and and, and that just makes me think, though, too. The first thing that makes me think is, how the heck are they going to do Snoke? What is Snoke going to be doing? Is he going to be like a digital dude walking around? Yeah, is he still going to be holograms? Are they going to save the real smoke till episode nine? Yeah, I don't know because I'm still. I don't know if we talked about this last week. Like, maybe he's tiny. Yeah, I've I've heard that, and I I agree with that. Maybe he's really small, like a Smurf. <laughs> he's like the little guy in uh, that drove the droid around and. Clone Wars. <laughs> it's cousins with that guy. With <laughs> Gascano. In the, the, the Emissaries of the Void in that, that yeah. episode. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Those are, those are hard episodes to get through. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're, they're interesting, though. Yeah. No regrets. No regrets. No. But no, no regrets. Okay. But. So recently, when I was thinking about Force Awakens, I was thinking about all the little moments that are in Force Awakens that I love. All, all four pages of them? Yeah, and I came up with four pages of notes. I don't think we're going to have time to get through all four pages of my notes. Um, do, you, do you have your notes out? I do. I didn't quite get to four pages, but... Uh... I got I got quite a few. All right, what, hopefully some of hopefully some of them overlap, so we can cut some pages out. Yeah, well, let's hope because I think I we just said four pages, and again, people threw their iPhones out the window. Yeah, it's like they just taped them back together from last time. Yeah, but they broke them again. <laughs> Blast points, my butt. Um. <laughs> they owe me a new phone. <laughs> oh man. Okay, so you go ahead and start. Uh. I'm pretty sure this is on both our lists, but the little alien head that pops out of the desert out oh, of the yeah. sand, BBA goes by. Oh, yeah. To yeah. let you know you're in for some fun. <laughs> As if you didn't know the yeah. movie was going to be good, that when the Night Watcher worm pops up, <laughs> and there's not enough said about the Night Watcher worm's sounds he makes. No. <laughs> yeah. I, I hope there's a little a plush version of him you can hug and he makes those sounds. <laughs> a keychain. Yeah. The, with the eyes light up in case you, you, you drop something in the floor of your car. You can never lose him. 
Good thing I got, I got my I got my Night Watcher worm light up keychain. I'm good to go. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, my number one on my list was BB-8 rolling through the herd of ducks, which aren't ducks, they're called bloggins, but I just really liked that BB-8 just rolls right through the middle of a group of bloggins. <laughs> See, I have the, uh, I really like the Robo, Robo Jawa guy who just yells at Ray for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> that dude. Um... I had Ray's Ray's Magic Muffin. I had just her going down the hill on her sled. For some reason, I really love that. You know, I had the food as well, and I want to say I think that was one of the things that I was really happy when that happened because I don't think there's anything more Star Wars than people eating space food. No, yeah. Uh, and I think, is that, that's like the one thing Revenge of the Sith didn't do, right? Is that's the only one where nobody eats. Oh, are you kidding? I never thought about that. Think about it, because I haven't been able to remember a scene in Revenge of the Sith where anyone's eating. I think it's the only one. When do people? When do we see people eat in Empire? Vader has a dinner party, but we don't see anyone eating. Uh, oh, relief! Oh, you're right. Yeah, you're right. It's time for the Jedi to eat as well. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So there's relief. Jabba's eating frogs in Return of the Jedi. And all, and they almost eat Han. Yeah, yeah. No, well, and Chewie eats the meat that yeah. gets them caught. Oh, Chewie's just a dead animal. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, you know, I never, I never in my life have ever thought about that. The night when you're trying to sleep and it's not happening. <laughs> Go through Revenge of the Sith in your head and try to figure out when someone's eating because I, I can never remember. I don't no. think they do. I don't think anyone eats in Revenge of the Sith at all. There's, there's too much serious business going on to stop and eat. Too much emotion. Um, okay, next next on my list, I have uh, when Ray asks BB-8, uh, is classified really, and BB-8 clearly says, yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a good part. Immediately after that, I have on my list, and it's a very, very small thing, but I really love that the interrogation droid that's in the room with uh, Poe Dameron and Kylo Ren. Mm-hmm. Just floating there, just, just hanging out. Just hanging out, looking spooky. What's next? I have. Yeah, go ahead. I don't know why I like this line so much. It's kind of stupid, but I do like when Kylo says, I leave that to you, instead of Vader saying, leave that to me. For some reason, it makes me chuckle every time. I really like that, that line, too, because that's the first time, right, that's the first time we see Hux. Is it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, because he walks out of the interrogation room. Um, yep. And, and also you hear Kylo say through the mask, a BB unit. Which is... Yeah. <laughs> that's like, oh boy. Yeah, I remember sitting in the theater the first time just thinking like, oh boy. Yeah. And then Hux, every single scene with Hux, that guy is turning it up to 11. Yeah. He's grumpy. <laughs> just... <laughs> It's like he ate Captain Panaka for breakfast. <laughs> More likely they were wiped out. Um, <laughs> the gangsters. <laughs> you can't take a royal highness there. The huts are gangsters. Um, 
the when Poe Dameron says BB unit, orange and white, one of a kind. Yeah. It's perfect. Uh, the baby had FN2187. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, baby Finn. I, I can't wait for, you know, 15 years from now when they run out of Force Awakens figures and they make <laughs> the, uh, the translucent toothpaste Finn baby on a computer screen figure. <laughs> yeah, I'll be first in line for that one. The the first the first order lately that says they're headed back to Jakku. <laughs> oh, what do you what do you got? I got uh, well Tasu Leech of course. Of course. Um, I think it's the Dengue sisters, the bug ladies, just hanging out playing cards. Oh yeah, straight up like they walked off the set of Dark Crystal or something or yeah. Labyrinth. Yeah. They're still waiting for their scene to shoot for Dark Crystal. <laughs> They'll come back. He's coming back eventually. They'll come back. I know all about waiting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my family. For my family. When, my family. <laughs> when Finn is running through uh, Jakku Village and he stops the one guy and the guy goes, blah, blah, blah. That's not the, the screaming ape man, is it? Um, that a different part. I like the the poor, the sad screaming ape man. Basically, actually, all the scenes with the ape looking aliens. Oh, oh no, yeah, that, that's in the the very beginning with uh, with the attack on the Jakku village. That guy. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> yeah, that guy. Um, I have. Don't forget Tito and the lovable Lugga Beast. No, you can't. You can't forget T- Tito. Um, the hippo pig butthole is a favorite. I, of, of you know, many people. I and I wrote down. I didn't write down butthole, but I wrote um, uh, the butt crack. <laughs> so if we combine the, our two uh, favorites, we have the whole back end covered. Yeah. The the hapabore. <laughs> yeah. Um. Have, yeah. All the ape dudes written down, which we already talked about. All the ape dudes. I wrote down. Uh, I bypassed the compressor. Okay, this is a really good one that I really, really love. When Han says to Chewie, don't say that, you did great. Like, <laughs> so they get back on the Falcon, right? And Chewbacca is like saying to Han, like, oh, Han, I really blew that one, dude. Like, I really messed that up. And Han's just like, no, don't say that, you did great. Like, <laughs> uh. Oh man! Um, so then, going into Maz's place, um, when the one guy turns around when Han Solo comes in, and there's a sound of like an elephant trunk. <laughs> Maybe that's the captain from uh, Jupiter Ascending. Hanging <laughs> on the castle. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> Jupiter Ascending is—it's like I didn't see it. It's like I dreamed it because every oh, once yeah. in a while. I'll be just like making coffee or something, and I'll like think of something I saw in Jupiter Ascending, and I'm like, did that really? Did that really happen? Yeah, was it real? Was it's, that? It's like you went to the theater and and you touched a lightsaber, and this movie happened. <laughs> suddenly, I was, suddenly I was in Cloud City. Yeah, it doesn't. And there's a naked guy in a spaceship. <laughs> <laughs> a dragon man. Eddie Redmayne was trying to marry me. It was weird. It was weird. Um, 
Still, uh, still in Maz's castle, GA97, of course. Oh, he better get his own anthology movie. I, you know, and I wrote, I wrote Pablo Hidalgo on Twitter. If GA97, if we can get confirmation that GA97 got out of Maz's castle before things got real crazy, and he never wrote me back. He doesn't want to spoil episode eight. I guess so. Yeah, you got to keep things secret. The big reveals in episode eight. What happened to yeah, GA97? He's Ray's dad. There you go. <laughs> Who? He's mom. He's her mom and dad. <laughs> it all makes sense. I mean, he's at Maz's mm-hmm. castle. Yeah, he's been following her the whole time. He, GA97, who is who got the saber to Maz Kanata. Yeah. It's it's all going to be revealed. He's the <laughs> linchpin to the whole thing. The whole... The, the old master. GA97 is the old master. Yeah. Dear Dave Filoni, when's GA97 coming on Rebels? Oh, there you go. Start typing that right now. Type it up. <laughs> Type it up. Send, send that out. <laughs> send tweet. Tweet sent. Um, okay. Um, the, the music in Maz's castle. Oh. Great. Why isn't that on the soundtrack? I I don't know. Why isn't that on the Academy for your consideration? It should have just been that track. It should have. Soundtrack special edition something. Um, in like a serious note, I put Kylo Ren when he's walking through the woods, like when um, when Ray hears like all the saber stuff, and she just sees like Kylo Ren coming out from behind like some trees. Um, oh, I like it just because he looks like a ghoul. Yeah, I like his angry like when he blocks he blocks blaster bolts, but he's not very smooth about it. He's just kind of like swatting them like angry laser flies. <laughs> And all of Kylo Ren's saber twirls. Like, Adam Driver is the new king of twirling the saber. Yeah. Just twirling it. Twirling it. Twirling it. Air. Twirl. <laughs> I'm going to make a t shirt with a picture of Kylo Ren that just says twirl. <laughs> um, and I, I think I mentioned this in the last episode, but the sound effects in the mental attack scene. Oh yeah, yep. I, I think the the fact that the Force Awakens is nominated for like best sound and best sound mixing, I think is all because of that the mental battle scene. It, yeah, it probably was. What else? Take notes. Don't forget this. <laughs> what else have you got? Uh, I have all the scenes with Chewie, which is a really it's kind of cheating. Um, well, PZ Forco and Buford. Droids, the yeah, beautiful, the beautiful beautiful people, <laughs> the beautiful people, people. Um, Peasy never. I mean, when everybody's flying off to go see Luke, Peasy's out there waving goodbye. But you never got to hear Peasy's voice in the film whatsoever. No, no. I hope she's back. First scene of Episode Eight, Peasy Forcio. Mm-hmm. Just talking on the phone. <laughs> The opening crawl, PZ4CO, has vanished. Yeah. <laughs> she, she went to get lunch and never came back. <laughs> Ray. Every, everyone is so hungry. So is in caps. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> 
Oh, yeah. Uh, what else do I have? Good old Nasty Asty. Oh, so let's talk about this. Let's talk about L.O. Asty. Um, <laughs> but no damage. No damage. Yeah. Um, so he seemingly gets blown up. It sure, like you watch the movie, it looks like L.O. Asty gets blown up. But then again, everybody's waving goodbye to Ray to go get Luke, and there's L.O. Asty. Could be his brother. Could be his brother. It could be like nine numb and ten numb. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> could be nine, nine numb's giant helmet is great. Nine numb's giant helmet is great. Um, I have the. I like the new white mouse droids. Yeah, I the look, little caster wheels. They look like like eighties in the back of a catalog or something and be like buy your own you want a robot or something they, that's what they would look like it will bring it will bring your remote control to you um <laughs> I, yeah the i looked at it, they're in the visual dictionary um and they're just called sentry droids but i like them a lot too in fact i had that written down too the sentry droids so so far we've got uh um the hapabore's butt and sentry droids <laughs> <laughs> the only overlap. The only overlap. Uh, yeah, we both had. Uh, I don't know. Maybe not. <laughs> um, Chewbacca giving Han back his jacket. Yeah, that's good. That's a good one. It's hard to talk about, like, as you get towards the end of the movie, though, because like the last twenty minutes is just like oh. one nonstop awesome scene, kind of. Yeah. Everyone getting just random lightsaber burns, trees falling down. Kylo punching his gut. Yeah, gut punching. Okay, I, one thing I wrote, when, when Kylo Ren is reaching for the lightsaber, and at first it isn't working, I like that he pulls back and looks at his hand for a hot second. <laughs> Maybe he forgot to lift his hand up. Yeah, like, like almost like it's like, is it these gloves? Is it these damn yeah. gloves I'm wearing? Like, why isn't this working? Uh, my fingers are cold. Uh, one thing I know, <laughs> if my hand wasn't so damn cold, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Um, the one thing I noticed uh, when when Ray is coming at Kylo with uh, with the saber. Her and this could be just me reading too much into it, but her saber moves are really really similar to Luke in Return of the Jedi when he's fighting Vader. Mm. After the Force part? Um especially after the Force part, yeah. Is, I think in the first half it seems like she's doing the the staff fighting kind of technique. Because the first time I right. saw the movie, I was like, oh, she's fighting like Palpatine with the stabbing. But then after seeing it a couple more times and, and reading some other people's impressions, it, it does seem like she's basically using her staff fighting technique just with the saber. Yeah, but then after she kind of gives into the force, it does feel like more where she starts to fight more like a, yeah, kind of like Luke in uh, Return of the Jedi. Especially the big, big Luke. swings. Yeah, and Luke after his never, you know, when and he comes out kind of with a with a lot of a lot of aggression, <clears throat> which I thought of something. Um, I think the the last time I saw it, and I've read, and since I've read other people saying this too, like when when uh, when Kylo and Ray 
because in the novel, did you finish the novel? I didn't. I did not. So when in the, I figured you'd just tell me all the good bits. You know, here's one. <laughs> here's one. So in the end of that fight, when Ray has got like the eye of the tiger and she's pissed off, in the novel she starts hearing a voice being saying like you can, you know you can finish this off you can finish him right oh, now. You did tell me that, yeah. Um, but then it's interesting right at that moment where Ray is kind of looking at Ky- Kylo's down on the ground. And Ray's standing over him. Then the ground separates in between the two of them. And I almost wonder if at that moment that's the force. Like, no, we're going to separate you two. Yeah. So, like, Ray, you cannot give in at this moment. We can't lose you. It's too important. Well, and that's the part, isn't it, in the the script version where... The notes are how she stops at the edge of the dark side or something like that. It's not right. just the edge of a of a cliff, it's the edge of the dark side. Yeah. She's like one slash away from going over. Um, next thing I wrote is, why can't I get a t-shirt with the map to Luke Skywalker on it? <laughs> you can't get a t-shirt, but you could get a, a full back tattoo. <laughs> I'm going to start a GoFundMe account. <laughs> yeah. I got 20 bucks you can have towards that. <laughs> Making baby steps. Yeah. Um, Chewie's look to Ray when they're in the Falcon and they're flying to find Luke. Yeah. That's the one part, though. It's, I'm, I'm sad they took out the... Cause didn't they film a scene where she's like he like messes with her hair or something? Yeah. I remember always hearing about that. Yeah. Maybe that'll be on the deleted scenes, but yeah, any any really when that with those two are together, it's great. I, mean, I always think about that part where Chewie turns and looks at Ray, like, "What's up with that?" Like, I don't know. Like, is he like? It, it, does Chewie know where they're going? Probably, but does Chewie know the importance of Ray at that moment? Also, yeah. Because technically he didn't see any of the uh, any of the Kylo fight. No, he just kind of shows up and Ray's there and Finn's wounded and so yeah, I wonder what he is thinking. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, the the little tray of food or like little like looks like a little TV dinner tray that uh, Ray stops and looks at when she's going up to find Luke. She thinks about taking a bite. <laughs> Those look like nachos. <laughs> She's like, first, first I get to see the planet that's all trees, and now someone just left nachos. <laughs> Luke was sitting down eating nachos, Bel Grande, and he saw yeah. a falcon flying up. Yeah, crap. I knew Jack, I knew Jack who was bad, but he will just leave food out on this place. This is beautiful. You're a slob. I thought you were a myth. <laughs> Not a slob. Not a slob. Uh, <laughs> and then I have um, kind of what's been on our mind for about a month now, Luke's hair. Oh, yeah. This beautiful Anakin hair. Beautiful. Luscious. When Like when we thought, well, at the end of the movie, we're going to see Luke. We all knew that. But it's like never in our... In our dreams, did we imagine his hair would look like that? No. No. 
I can still remember the first time I saw that hair. Oh, I'll never, I'll never forget. <laughs> oh, that actually reminds me of something too. I wanted to talk about too with Luke. It's like it always seems like when you think about old Luke, you think about it's like oh, cool, he's like Obi Wan now. But really, it's kind of like Luke's the new Qui Gon. And even going back to like at the end of Jedi, it's like Luke's more like Qui Gon than Obi Wan was because it really. Just with the whole, the balance, the not following the Jedi rules. Yes. Not afraid to use the dark side if it's for the greater good. The li- basically, the living force. The cosmic force. Well, no, the, well, the, the living no. force feeds into the cosmic force. Yeah. I take it as more of... Well, so Qui- Go ahead. I was... That Qui-Gon was more of the... The living, the living force thing where the little picture is more important than the big picture. Okay, right. Yeah. Where the Jedi Temple and Yoda, it's like, it's the big picture. It's not, you know, the here and now. But what's interesting is because while they were seemingly so interested in the big picture, they were so blind to the big picture. Right. Which is the first thing Qui-Gon says at the beginning of Phantom Menace is the focus on the here and now. Right. And don't worry about the future. Yeah, but Master Yoda says I should be mindful of the future. Yeah. But no, it's, it's, just, it's interesting to see, you know, old Luke even be more so, you know, it's like Qui-Gon's back in a way. Well, it, it'll be what fasc- that brings. Yeah, it'll be fascinating, like, how, what especially after what kind of happened, at least what little we know of what happened with Luke training Jedi in the past, like how he will approach training Rey. Yeah. Well, yeah, especially if, if, you know, if he did it based on what he knows, it's, he had some pretty loose training, but if he's going back to the temples, you know, to see how they, used to train or something who knows what and it if it if it was luke that was somehow responsible for getting ray to jakku it's interesting to think too that he perhaps thought started thinking well maybe starting a jedi school was not the right idea because i'm just repeating the errors of the past and Ray needs to go out and live a life like he did. Yeah. Um, before she should be properly trained. Like, you, you got to think, like, if were Anakin to be, if Anakin were to enter the Jedi Temple by the time he was Ray's age, and he was over all of his issues of separation and abandonment and all of his, all of Anakin's baggage. If he would have lived a full life there on Tatooine for a while, then perhaps he would be better suited for the Jedi training. Right. Well, I almost could see too, if they're, you know, we talked about this last time, how force awakens is kind of like a recap of the other six movies in a way. If by, you can use Jedi or Luke's school almost to, kind of recap the whole contrast between Luke's training and then, you know, Anakin's training with the the Jedi Temple where it's like, you know, Kylo was trained 
from a child with strict, you know, school and teaching and needing sure. a teacher, and it didn't work out so well. And then you contrast that with Ray, who's more like Luke, where they kind of figured out her own way, and then as yeah. she was older, she kind of learned to harness the power that she kind of came across naturally. More intuitive with the Force. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, basically reiterating that the, the old way of the old structured training is is really not the way not what the force wants right it ultimately leads to and you know bad anakin or kylo or something bad's gonna happen right the too much too much of the rules yeah yeah i mean because they set that right up at the end with you know kylo wanting to tell her she needs a teacher that's the most important thing to him yeah well, his lessons and training and teachers and not just listening to the force. Yeah, when he runs off to Snoke and says she's she she's she's skilled but she's with without training or whatever he says, you know. Whereas Ray just has to close her eyes and listen to the force and that's all pretty much she needs for that moment. Okay, so last week I was able to talk to uh superfan Lauren who got to do something pretty amazing related to The Force Awakens. So let's go to that interview right now. Okay, so I am here with Lauren Liss. Lauren, thank you for coming on Blast Points. Not a problem. Now, Lauren, you are quite active in the Star Wars fan community, and that, that last month led you to doing something very special and awesome that we'll get to in just a sec. But correct me if I'm wrong, you are a member of both the 501st and Rebel Legion? Correct. Now, I know there are probably lots of people who see 501st and Rebel Legion members and the Mandalorian Merc members, and they think, oh, those are just those people in Star Wars costumes, and they don't quite really understand that there is actually a whole lot more to it than just people in Star Wars costumes, right? Correct. Kind of, in your, in, in your own words, explain kind of what it's all about, really. Um, the 501st and Rebel Legion are two international costuming organizations that do charity work just as Star Wars characters. One of the biggest organizations we work with is the Make-A-Wish Foundation. And like, how many charity events did you do, just for example, like maybe last month or in the past six months or something? Uh, I usually do between two and four events a month. Okay, who then? Who are some of your, who are some of your characters that you dress as? Um, my main character that I do is Mara Jade. I also have a generic Jedi, and I also have Barris Offy. How then? How did you? So with with like Barris, for example, how did you come about dressing as Barris? One of the members in our group was selling Barris for a while, and I was watching it and. She had it at Motor City Comic Con, and I tried it and fell in love with it and got to take it home. How, so how did your extreme love, your passion for Star Wars, because you are extremely passionate. I've talked to you in person. I know you love Star Wars deeply. How did this, how did it begin for you? What was the moment where you first felt the force? What, what was it? I remember watching Star Wars as a kid. Was it? Was falling it? in love with it. Was it so it was on v, like VHS or DVD, and did you get... Um, did you have anyone else that turned you on to it? 
My dad showed us um, episode four on VHS at my grandparents' house years ago, and we ended up a couple years later getting all the DVDs and watching all six of them. That's awesome. And what was it about Star Wars that spoke to you so much? I just love the Jedi. (laughs) I love the idea of the Force, love the idea that it was in space and... The lightsabers were pretty awesome. Yeah, who doesn't? Who doesn't? I know. I know I do in a, in a very extreme way. Um, now, all of this love, all of this passion that you do, and all the great things you do with, with, with the charities, that led to something extremely special that happened last month for you, right? Correct. What is, for our listeners out there, what was that? I was asked to attend the world premiere of The Force Awakens. Holy smokes. Now, when you got that phone call, what was going through your mind? At first, I didn't believe it. Um, I was surprised that that was even an option to people in the Legion to go out there. Yeah. But once you figured out that it was all real and, like, nobody was goofing with you... What did, what did your emotions turn into after that? I was crying tears of joy, jumping up and down. <laughs> like doing backflips, pretty much. So then, yeah. <laughs> that was on a Monday. What day did you find out that you were you were going to the premiere of The Force Awakens? I found out the Tuesday before. Man. And you couldn't tell anyone. No, we did get permission to tell work and family just so we could get the time off. Yeah. So you fly out there to California. You arrive. What was that day like? I arrived the Sunday before, and our group ended up meeting at the airport still. Like, we were all jittery, like, excited. Just Um, freaking out. We were posting pictures, like, guess where we're at. Right. And nobody knew why. Yeah. So what, so you arrive, and then how long, so you arrive the night before, could you even sleep that night, that Sunday night? Um, we went to bed really late, so that was really easy. Yeah, <laughs> that, that, that does help. So you wake up on Monday, and it's like, yeah, no big deal, we're going to the premiere tonight. So, like, what, what, what happened, what was your day, what was that day, what did it entail, how did you get there? Um, our hotel was about a block or two away from the little tent thing that they had set up right. on Hollywood Boulevard. Like, our group before went dressed as Jedi to have some fun, mess with people on Hollywood Boulevard. We got stopped by quite a few people that were from the press. That's awesome. Um, basically, that day was, like, <clears throat> hanging out before we had to go to our call time and just seeing people that you only get to see maybe once a year. Right. Now, I saw you on the StarWars.com live feed, and if anyone was anyone listening was watching that live feed, there was like, like there were a couple times where David Collins was talking, and behind him was this little pack of crazy fans who, like, correct me if I'm wrong, Lauren, but like most of the time they were screaming. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and like they were just in a big group of a lot of costumed fans yelling and screaming, what? I mean, I can tell for watching the video, but, like, you were there. What was the energy like in, in your little set of bleachers there you were in? We were all excited, still couldn't believe that we were there. Um, like, it was overwhelming. Like, it was really hard to believe you were there. 
And you saw everybody, right? Like who? We saw all the stars. All the stars. Did it? Was anybody more cool than anyone? Did anyone come over to like to your the little fan section you were in to to rap with you guys at all or anything? Peter Mayhew had taken the medal that Chewie never got and came up to us and raised his hand and was shaking it and getting us riled up. That's awesome. And John Boyega was freaking out over the TFA costumers we had in front. He kept running back and forth. Oh, he seems so great. He seems so awesome. Um, It's entertaining to watch. I bet. I bet. So then you watch the red carpet, and then you go in and you see the movie. Unbelievable, right? It was amazing. <laughs> it had its so it was like the cast was there, the industry people were there. What was what what was the reaction to the movie like? Were people was it was it quiet? Were people clapping? How what was that all what was it like? We were clapping, yelling when the opening scene came on, people were jumping up and down. Screaming, yelling, clapping. Oh, and when it set episode seven, it got louder. Oh, yeah, I bet. I bet. Like, when Han and, like, when characters came in, like Leia, some of the classic characters, was there any kind of response in the crowd? They got applause. Oh, good. Good. Well, that's amazing. So now when you when you look back on it all, on your, your episode seven experience... How do you feel? Like, what words come to mind of that whole experience? I was honored to have that opportunity to go out there. I bet. I bet. What are you looking forward to in the new year in terms of, like, what are some of your goals with being a member of the 501st and Rebel Legion? How do you think you can do more for your the groups? I'm still going to volunteer for as many events as I'm able to do. Um was looking through the forums earlier trying to find some that weren't too far of driving distance, hoping that we can get some more hospital visits in the area. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. And any new costume ideas that you have in mind that you feel free talking about? Um, I'm working on a different version of Mara from one of the book covers. She has a white shirt underneath. It's kind of similar to her black jumpsuit 501st one. Oh, yeah. Um... I'm borrowing a Stormtrooper commander from an Ohio Garrison member. We're going to see if we can get him approved. And throwing up possible costumes between Poe, Ray, and Kylo. Oh, boy. I love it. I love it. Well, that's great. Lauren, thank you so much for talking to me. You're welcome. May the Force be with you. And with you. So, Gabe, what would you, if you were at the premiere for Force Awakens, what would you have done? I would I have to premiere for Force Awakens? So you mean like the no, like the premiere, <laughs> like the, the real premiere? Yeah, in L.A. Because I would have been arrested immediately. Oh, uh, yeah. I don't know what I would have done. I would have done. I would have gone out on the red carpet, probably done the splits, or tried to do the splits, and probably break, hurt myself majorly. I've what? I'd hurt myself majorly trying to do the splits on the red carpet, or I'd just barf everywhere. Yeah, I would probably just be hugging everybody. <laughs> well, when we were at Celebration and they played the trailer, I danced around in a circle. Yeah. Uh, I would have. I would have left my shoes at home. Yeah, it's because they would have burst into flames, probably. Yeah. 
Um, so thank you, Lauren, for that interview. That was great. And um, I think that's about it. Hey, we made it through two. Made it through two. Um, yeah, if you want to get a hold, get a hold of get a hold of us at Blast Points. We're on we're on Twitter. You just have to look up Blast Points. We're on Facebook. Um, send us a message. Let us know what your favorite parts, uh, little parts of Force Awakens are. Um, if you watch Rebels on Wednesday, send us a message. Um, you think if you think we're full of it, send us a message about that too. Um, we're on Instagram. Post a bunch of dumb photos. And if you're listening to us on iTunes, leave us a message. Leave us a review, yeah. and uh, I'll read it on the podcast and um yeah just say something nice or say something not so nice i'll read i'll read bad reviews too i will yeah because it's a we have five stars right now we'll see how long that lasts let's let's see how long that, <laughs> if we keep talking about <laughs> you yeah there's yeah. or you know if you're at home and you know a part in revenge of the sith where someone eats is there someone? Yeah. Is there someone eating a taco at the at the at the Mon Calamari Opera? Let us know. All right. So <laughs> I think that's it. I think that's it. All right. We we made a point to have a blast. So <laughs> All right. we'll do it again soon. We'll see you. We'll see you later. Thanks. We did it! We did it!